Welcome to the Kingdom Corner Podcast, where we discuss how to live the kingdom culture on earth as it is in heaven, just as Jesus prayed. Here's your host, the great Matt Guide. The great Matt Guide with you once again at the Kingdom Corner Podcast. And I just want to wish you a good day. And we're back again on another sunny summer day here in the Pacific Northwest. And we're taking up again where we left off the last time. We were talking about operating from or out of the office of a prophet. I had kind of gone on a long time the last time, and I still had some notes left. And then hopefully we're going to put some things together with how prophets and apostles operate together. I believe they were meant to be operating side by side most of the time in ministry in tandem. There's elements of their ministry that fit together that are needed to make a complete ministry in a region or in a season. So the last thing I had in my notes that I didn't get to as far as prophets we were talking about is I had a subtitle here, Odd Actions by Prophets. And this was in the Old Testament in particular. And these odd actions, besides them receiving words of God for the people, they often did things that represented what God wanted the people to know. For example, in Ezekiel 4, 1-5, laid on his side for 390 days, which spoke of the coming where they were going to be taken off into captivity. Elisha made an axe head float, 2 Kings 6, 1-7. And that was just because the people really needed it. It was People were very poor. That was a very unique tool that they had, and they would have been in trouble making their living or doing what they needed to do to survive the people that he just had compassion on the people, and by a miracle, he had the axe head flow. Isaiah preached naked and barefoot for three years as a sign against Egypt and Cush, enemies of Israel. And that's in Isaiah 20, verse 2 and 3, where it says that. And then you can read all through the book of Hosea. Hosea 1, 2 specifically says that. God called Hosea to marry a prostitute or promiscuous woman, And of course, that signified that Israel and Judah, they were promiscuous. They were not true to God, and they would often go after another God, like men went after other women. Prophets and their ministry, their identification is developed in intimacy with God, not in the giving of words. We've talked about that. They receive pure, accurate, easily flowing prophetic utterances, like bubbling forth as a fountain. And we prove that with Navi and Naba out of the Old Testament. That's what those words, the root words of those meanings are, is to bubble forth. They are more desirous of time alone with God than giving a word. And I believe we went into that, that in Psalm 27, it says, the psalmist is saying, I want to be, my one desire is to be and dwell in your house forever and ever. That's the prophet's heart. That's the prophet's heart. And one place it talked about the prophet that one of the meanings was, like to be on a cushion, like they were laying before the presence of God. We talked about that prophet's words were not always easily received, and I talked quite a bit about that from Isaiah. A prophet will speak from the Father's heart. And then also, we could probably look at Matthew seven fifteen to 20, that there will be false prophets that come. Wherever there's a true prophet, there are false prophets. A lot of times in the Old Testament, that's what the kings of Judah and Israel and the people wanted. They wanted false words to tickle their ears because they didn't want to hear about impending judgment that was coming. They just wanted to hear good things. The office of a prophet is intended to be the anointing flowing through the person 
to shape the hearts and minds of the people, to shape a culture. The purpose of a prophet or an apostle working together, you could say, is to change the soulish character and nature of people in a region or in a season as they receive the word of God. Every prophetic word from a prophet manifests and releases the glory of the spiritual kingdom to shift and transition the atmosphere and realm, then fruit will be manifested. Let me read that again. Every prophet and prophetic word, I mean if it's a genuine word, is to manifest and release the glory of the spiritual kingdom to shift and transition the atmosphere and realm in that region for that season, in that time, then the fruit will be manifested. The test of a true prophet and seeing whether their word is authentic is to see what happens with that word. What will it accomplish? So those are some of my notes that I was finishing up there. And then I want to get into a couple things today yet. Understanding the office of a prophet, they are sent to reveal the mysteries of God. You know, we talked about that in the beginning. God makes his secrets known to the prophets. They're sent to reveal the mysteries of God for the purpose of shifting the souls of men and women with the authority of God's revered word. You know, that's a miraculous thing. And that's what happened a lot in the Old Testament. I'm thinking of Jonah. He didn't want to go. And he released that word, even though he didn't want to give it. And the people repented. You see, it shifted the souls of men and women to take action and repent. He didn't want the people of Nineveh to repent. He didn't like them, but he obeyed God. And because he was obedient and gave that word, prophesied it, they repented. So he shifted the souls of men and women in that region, did he not? They're trusted with the secrets of God, and that trust is developed the more that they spend time with God. They carry the authority to impart and share prophecies as led by the Spirit. They can be used of God to release extraordinary decrees for physical changes in creation. Remember Elijah? He prayed and it didn't rain, or he declared and it didn't rain for three years? That's an example. Because of their faith, they can do that. They're called to specific nations and regions and people groups, a multitude of, we could say, whether men and women or women living together in a region, a multitude of individuals like in a nature, like a race of people, for example, too, or a tribe or nation is what I have. They're called the different people groups like that. In the Old Testament, foreign nations not worshiping the true God. Jonah went to Nineveh, okay? Paul went to the Gentile nations. They can be called the specific nations, troops, groups of people for specific times and seasons to release exhortation to the people for the purpose of stewarding the souls of the inhabitants of the nation for a set time. They're stewarding the souls. They're managing the souls in that region God has called them to. Something that God wants to specifically accomplish. Remember we read, God will not do a new thing except he reveal it first to his prophets. When they're between assignments to a nation or a people group, they're usually in a place of where they're just waiting on God and standing before the, the throne of God, waiting on him, maybe for their next assignment. Let's go on and I want to read a scripture that I think is very important to the study of prophets. And I want to, you've all heard it, but I want to kind of talk about it a little bit. And then I think we've kind of closed out the main things I was going to talk about with prophets. But it's in Revelation 19.10. We'll start at verse 9. And this is an angel, I think, here 
giving part of this massive vision that all of Revelation is to John the Beloved, the Apostle John. And he said to me, Write, Blessed are those who are invited to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said to me, These are true words of God. And I fell at his feet to worship him. And he said to me, This is an angel speaking, Do not do that. I am a fellow servant of yours and your brethren who hold the testimony of Jesus. Worship God, for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. That in a nutshell, that's the nutshell definition of the mission of a prophet, to hold and give forth the testimony of Jesus. In the Hebrew, or the Greek, I'm sorry, the word is marturia, testimony, marturia, or witness to bear evidence, to give witness to. This word, there's also the other form of it, has to do with martyr. And you remember a lot of times we hear, like in ancient Greece, that they stoned the messengers a lot of times because they did not like the message they brought. I think that's the same thing, of course, with the Old Testament prophets, and maybe some of the prophets that will be true to God today. They won't be itching the people's ears. They'll give a direct straight word from God to repent, to do the things that God wants them to do as a nation, as a people, and sometimes that word's not received. And so they're stoned, or they're put to death, or they're persecuted. To bear evidence of, give witness to something, that is what a prophet is to do. It isn't about himself or the word he possesses. It is only to point to Jesus Christ. It's the good indicator of a word from a prophet is it bearing witness to the testimony of Jesus and the work that he did? I want to read another passage here. I want to go to John 3, and I want to read that passage in talking about giving evidence to or bearing witness of. I want to talk about John, who could have also been considered a prophet. John in the wilderness, you know, John the Baptist. John 3, 22. Then Jesus and his disciples went out for a length of time into the Judean countryside where they baptized the people. At this time, John was still baptizing people at Anion, near Salem, where there was plenty of water, and the people kept coming for John to baptize them. This was before John was thrown into prison. An argument then developed between John's disciples and a particular Jewish man about baptism. So they went to John and asked him, Teacher, are you aware that the one who you told us about at the crossing place, and that's Jesus Christ, who they're asking about, he's now baptizing everyone with larger crowds than yours. People are flocking to him. What do you think about that? Verse 27, John answered them, a person cannot receive even one thing unless God bestows it. You heard me tell you before that I am not the Messiah. He's not the Christ. But certainly, I am the messenger. I'm the one that gives evidence to. I'm the one that gives testimony to the one as I was sent ahead of him, and I was giving testimony of him. He is the bridegroom, and the bride belongs to him. See, it doesn't belong to me. I may be a prophet. I may be giving God's word. Repent for the kingdom of God is at hand, but it's not my word. It's not for me, John was saying. And the bride belongs to him. I am a friend of the bridegroom who stands nearby and listens with great joy to the bridegroom's voice. See, he's only just like the rest of us at the wedding as a guest, and he'll be part of the bride, but he's not the main man there. And because of his words, my joy is complete and overflows. You know, he didn't want the attention. So it's necessary here, this is very key, it's necessary for him to increase, 
and for me to be diminished. He didn't want to be out there and look at me, the great John, the, the message as a messenger. But he was pointing to Christ. And that's what a prophetic word does. That's what the ministry of a prophet is all about. For the one who is from the earth belongs to the earth and speaks from the natural realm. But the one who comes from above is everything and speaks of the highest realm of all. He was speaking of Christ. There was no reason he was telling his disciples to be jealous because Christ was the one that John's message was giving evidence of or bearing witness to. That is the spirit of prophecy, the true spirit and message of prophecy. Let's see what other notes we have here before we finish off today. I'm almost done. So a prophet will be in a region for a season that God calls them to, and they'll be giving a word or words, and they'll be working in tandem. And we're going to get into that probably the next episode about the working of a hand-in-hand with an apostle. Understanding the purpose of regional prophecy. We'll just go over these points. Revealing the predestined will of God in that area, in that region, in times and seasons for that region. And there will be signs accompanying. They also, number two, they reveal the predetermined will of God. That's conditional, like exhortations that are conditional. If you do this, God will do that. Right now, the word for this land is, I talked on my last episode, it was kind of a break in these series, but it does apply, that if you will repent, the one prophet said, Jeremiah Johnson, I believe he's a prophet, that God will bring revival to the land and Donald Trump would be reelected as president. That's just an example. That's conditional. What's the condition? That the church of God would pray, would fast, and repent. Its seasonal provision will be released. So there's provision that will be released. Number three, they identify key influencers and authorities. The prophetic word will activate the work of angels in a region. They will activate personal assignments for seasonal provision. They activate angelic partnership with authority in the region. And that's what they're to come in and bring a word like that. Just like when 3,000 were added to the church on the day of Pentecost as Peter preached. Let's look again at some things here. Prophets are able to give utterances of God, words of God, revealing the signs of the times and seasons which will occur with the purpose of releasing provision as well. Otherwise, they'll not be able to sustain the conduct required to steward this outpouring. Prophets are not really called to lead moves of the Spirit, yet they usually are the messenger to say or to tell what is coming. Here's the way a prophet will work a lot of times. We'll get into this more next time. Prophets receive an unction from God, a word that will bubble forth or spring forth. It'll be trapped inside of them, and then they'll be at a certain time triggered to utter it or release it, and then there'll be a shifting in that region or in that season because of that. And then they'll bring understanding that will help align, that will help people receive the word so they can align with it and work with apostolic authority to bring that about. We're going to put this together now just to say this. Prophet is meant to bring a word for a region, for a season, and they need to have structure or that word will just kind of be out of control. There's a lot of prophetic communities, and I think because there hasn't been yet an apostolic structure that hasn't been able to take hold. You need both of them work together. You can't just have an apostle by themselves setting a framework and boundary because they need the spirit of what the prophet brings to breathe life into that. Here's what it says in the scripture. Without a vision, the people perish. Well, that word really means without 
prophetic revelation that people perish. You can't just have the laws and authorities, authoritative guidelines given without prophetic life breathed into that. The prophet and the apostle need to work together. Let's see what else we have. Do you have anything else to talk about? Surely the Lord will do nothing, but he reveals a secret unto his servants, the Navi, those that bubble forth. As he spoke forth, that was in Amos 3.7, Luke 1.70, as he spoke forth by the mouth of his prophetes, which have been since the world began. That finishes up the uh, office of a prophet, the workings of a prophet. And next time I want to come to you and talk about prophets and apostles, the sent out ones, working together. And I kind of touched that. Without a vision, without a prophetic revelation, my people perish. But without the structure of working with an apostle, that word will also just kind of drift away on the wind. You need them both to work together. So that's it for today. Uh, God bless you. Thank you for listening again to the Kingdom Corner podcast. Hey, thank you for being a part of the Kingdom Corner. Make sure you click that subscribe button so you get notified every time we release a new episode. Welcome to the family.